Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Ginnum, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on Article 1 of the Augsburg Confession, the article of the triune God of creation. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham. Pastor Brian Rickey. And the triune God of yes. creation oh, is with us. He is always and, with us, yes. And if you're listening to this today, that means the coronavirus hasn't <laughs> killed us all. Right? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Despite boy. I had to get that out of my... Despite the hacking you've been doing, yeah. <laughs> I think they today, and I know this is before it's aired, um, the first confirmed um, case in yeah. California was discovered recently. Yep. yep. So... Lord, we just pray that you would mm-hmm. do a miracle there and just keep people safe and healed. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Amen. Yeah, so this episode is, we're picking up from last episode. Last so what week. are we talking about? Yeah, that's right. The Trinity. Hey, we, need, we need a new sounder because we've got vocation, know, but we, we don't have what you... We should have like a, yeah. the clouds opening up. Oh! <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Speaking of that, I, like I don't think we said vocation in our last. We can talk episode. about how Trinity actually impacts you did. Uh, we oh. did. We did very briefly as we started talking oh, wow. about the church, its application, yes. and and which nice. we're going to get into more. It's, it's like today, a bingo so. game. I, I, I talk to... about it so often, I don't even remember when I talk about it anymore. <laughs> in your sleep, yeah. it's all good though. Trinity, yeah. same way, and of good. course, we're continuing on yeah, the first article. Yep, we're picking up uh, our discussion on the first article from the Augsburg Confession on God. And um, just picking up where we left off a little bit, talking about, um, we were speaking a little bit how the the heresies uh, wrote the good theology in, in terms of inspiring the, those to stand not up. Not the heretics wrote the good The heretics did not wrote it. <laughs> the no, heresies they, forced our hands. The heresies forced the hands. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. Uh, that's why I'm a buffoon. Uh, <laughs> Um, but thinking of the Council of Nicaea and let's uh, go from there and, and pick up. I think it'd be wise for us to clarify Nicaea versus the Constantinople. The Constantinopolitan Creed that we call the Nicene Creed. So yeah. maybe a little history on that. So Council of Nicaea, um, we touched on this way, way back, back in, in the, the day, day when we covered the three ecumenical creeds uh, held in 325. Those are hardcore listeners that yeah. remember that. <laughs> if you've been around yeah. for this long, <laughs> or somebody you. who's binging on yeah, it. I have, right. I have <laughs> so much respect for you right mm-hmm. now, your patience and long suffering. No, the uh, Council of Constantinople was called by the church at kind of the request, the demand of Emperor Constantine, who really just wanted uh, no divisions in the church. He's like, you guys need to hammer this out. Uh, and so they called the Council of Constantinople. And the reason why they needed to have a council is this guy, Arius, who happened to be a really popular heretic. <laughs> yeah. uh, he uh, Arius was known for not only teaching that Christ was the highest created being, uh, and was not divine, but mm-hmm. for putting his theology to music, yeah. mm-hmm. which Arius is credited of being the founder of the CCM movement. Oh, no! <laughs> wow. Burn. Burn. By Jason Goodman, not that of being with what you have is there's Arius <laughs> and the 90s oh, Christian contemporary. Oh. <laughs> and even some of the newer stuff, too. But, oh, and his wow. uh, chief opponent was, was, of course, Athanasius, yep. um, who was uh, just really passionate about this and kind of picked up the work of Tertullian because Tertullian was very passionate about the Trinity as well mm-hmm. and expressed that well. And uh, the he wasn't, he didn't live long enough to, to go to the Constantinople 
Constantinopolitan. Constantinopolitan. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. um, I know, I can't say it. I feel like I'm speaking <laughs> waka, in tongues waka. or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it wasn't able to go there. But um, it, it was just the, the work that he began in fleshing this out in response to some yeah. of these heresies uh, brought forth mm-hmm. what we call our Nicene Creed. Yep. And, and so the Nicene Creed wasn't mm-hmm. the official declaration of the Council of Nicaea, mm-hmm. just like the Athanasian Creed uh, wasn't officially written by Athanasius. Exactly. And I have heard a Latin pronunciation of his name, which is Athanasius, and yeah. that sounds kind of yeah. awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what you come out with this is the the two most succinct statements on the Trinity that we have. Mm-hmm. Nicene Creed is good. Athanasian Creed is definitive. Mm-hmm. And, and what it amounts to being is that there is unity in the divine essence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that there are three persons but one God. Yeah. Amen. Right. That's what it yeah. ends up Preach being. Preach it, brother. Yeah. I love the poetical uh, part of the, the Nicene Creed. Yep. Yeah. God of God, light of God, light, light of light, very God of very God. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it, there's a cadence to yeah. it. And yet there yeah. are not three gods but one God. Yeah. Yet there are right. not three almighties but yeah. one almighty. You know? That little phrase you've been using, Brian, sounds like, has that cadence about it. Yeah, it's something that God put mm-hmm. on my heart early on. Yeah. I, I don't. I I just want to qualify. It's very possible I could have borrowed it, stole it from a book I've read because I've read a lot of books mm-hmm. about the Trinity. But it's something I've, mm-hmm. I've developed and I, I use on a regular regular yeah. basis. And mm-hmm. even when I open up the service, I pray in that way. Like God, we thank you for who you are. You are the mm-hmm. one God of heaven. You are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You are the one God of creation. Just just getting that that aspect in there mm-hmm. in our prayers and in our thought process yeah, of who good. God is, is important. And I think a lot of people don't really understand how prevalent mm-hmm. these heresies that existed back in the early church yeah. is still alive today. Yeah, right. You know, I remember yeah. going through a new members class and I I, I love this particular uh, young man and he grew, but as we were talking about the Trinity mm-hmm. and we were talking that Christ had no beginning and no end, he looked at me and was like, oh, I've never heard that before. I thought Jesus was born on Christmas. <laughs> and, you know, it, it kind of woke me up a little bit to yeah. think that, you know, I can't just assume that people understand the person of yeah. God and the Trinity. Yeah. Just and to clarify, Jesus was born on Christmas. So. He was, but like <laughs> that literally he was beginning. December 20th. His beginning was, you know, like a Mormon would, would view. Yeah. And right, Arian, right, right. Arius yeah. Jesus as well. existed from time eternal. Yeah. He was not created. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I expressed to him. And as I expressed the eternal nature of God uh, in Christ Jesus, fully God, fully man, our, our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've never heard this before. You know, and this person mm-hmm. honestly had been going to church since he was a young boy. Right. And so don't assume that people understand the Trinity in the way that this beautiful confession expresses. We have to continually teach this and keep it in front of our congregation members. Yep. Absolutely. And and really, maybe where we talk about it now, we can get into the specifics of, of what is confessed, but mm-hmm. kind of eventually what we're going to say is just go read the Athanasian Creed because right. it does yeah. it best. Uh, probably the one point of clarification that is brought up here in the Augsburg Confession, the first article, is that a person is a, an entity that subsists of itself, mm-hmm. but the three persons of the Trinity are not separate entities apart from God. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so you you kind of get into some philosophical language that needs mm-hmm. to be cleared up. You have the word essence in there and subsistence. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we, we, if you want to have fun with St. Patrick's bad analogies from Lutheran satire, the three persons of the Trinity are not the different modes that God shows up in, mm-hmm. in history from time to time. That's modalism, Patrick. Yeah, uh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Lutheran satire. <laughs> Partialism, Patrick. Yeah, you know, no, and, and, and the three persons of the Trinity are not one third mm-hmm. God each adding up to a whole God. Mm-hmm. They are uh, three persons and one God, mm-hmm. Trinity and unity and unity and divinity and all of those fun things. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, uh, we if we simplify it any further, we're going to become heretics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be that. You don't want to be a heretic. <laughs> no. You can quote me on that. <laughs> and even though we're, <laughs> right. we're laughing about yeah. Lutheran satire's um, yeah. you know, video on the Trinity, it's actually really good. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's extremely instructional. And mm-hmm. I played for my confirmation students. Yep. Oh, nice. And we start talking about some of the different things and things that we take for granted mm-hmm. in trying to describe God. Mm-hmm. The, the analogy there that the only in fact the only analogy that I've ever found that works is actually math. One times one times one equals one. Mm-hmm. And uh it's 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 an extraordinarily simple yeah. thing that I've taught my kids and my my son, my second youngest son, Elia, uh was having a discussion with a a Hindu friend in high school while he was in high school and someone who grew up in a in a mm-hmm. Muslim home and they're like, You got you guys believe in three gods, you know, how's that all work? You know, whatever and and he's like, nope. And he wrote that on a napkin. He mm-hmm. handed it to him and they looked at him and it was like, drop the mic moment, he said. He said, <laughs> he like, their mouths just sat there hung open like, oh my word. And and even in math. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend who has a master's in math who's a teacher mm-hmm. and um, she's going back to further that master's mm-hmm. education. And she, I can't even pronounce what she's studying. I, 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 I <laughs> yeah. don't even know what it is. And she said, it's so interesting that it all comes back to a similar pattern, mm-hmm. that even in math. Wow. You see the design of the great creator, God. Mm-hmm. And that math wow. analogy great. is superior to the water analogy mm-hmm. yeah. and to the apple analogy yes, yes. and to the three-leaf clover analogy yep. and yep. to the Voltron analogy. <laughs> Voltron. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> if you don't but know what we're do talking about, pause the podcast right now, Right. go to YouTube, St. Patrick's Bad Analogies, <laughs> invest like seven minutes of your time. It will be yeah. well I, worth it. I have right. to confess that Every time I preach on Trinity Sunday and we have a children's sermon and we have other people doing it, I'm, I'm so nervous. Seriously. Oh, I've, I've done it. I've, I've done had, it in service. I should probably sermons. do that one. But I've had the egg. Mm-hmm. I've had the three forms of water. It's all modalism, yes, you know, or modalism. partialism yep. or partial partialism or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a, I just, I just get so nervous. And so every time I yeah. find out a month ahead of time who's doing, the children's sermon on Trinity Sunday, and I send them that equation. I'm like, just please use this and just yeah, be done with right. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's helpful. Um, yes, let's talk about some of the the heresies that are condemned here, the ones I had a hard time pronouncing. Yeah, uh, you, I think what I'll do here is I'll just run through the historic heresies. Oh, I thought you were going like, to uh, force me to say them again. Yeah. I, so, <laughs> what you do, you'll say the heresy. I'll describe what it is. No, I'll say them. Uh, uh, but then I, I want to spend some time on the principles behind it because yeah. while we might not term mm-hmm. the heresies this way, they're right. still around. They're like just you're repackaged. Saying, Brian, they're still in, in Oh, absolutely. Yep. And so, they creep in. Oh, yeah, anyway. So you have the, the, the first one is the Manichaeans. Uh, it's a Gnostic heresy that taught there are two separate gods, a good and an evil god. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gnosticism taught that the physical material creator god was evil and that the spiritual god was on a higher plane. And Very much good. like the yin and yang. Of yeah, the yin and yang. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Jesus ends up being the good god. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only suffered and died in appearance, mm-hmm. but not in reality. That's 
Manichaeanism or the Manichaeans, um, the Valentinians. Uh, they uh, brought about the, yeah. They brought about the heresy of Saint Valentine's yes, Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's another Gnostic system uh, of, of dualism: uh, good spiritual God, bad physical God. Um, and in these two, where you see it show up in the church today, uh, yeah, is Gnosticism. in the overemphasis mm-hmm. on the spiritual, mm-hmm. overemphasis on the Holy Spirit above the other two persons. Yep. Uh, that, that that is be you know these type of Gnostic heresies are beyond or mm-hmm. are, are behind that. And in uh, probably apart ties from, into people vo- vocation as well. Yep. Yeah. Our our tendency to want to spiritualize everything yes. or Christianize yep. everything. So in the church, that's where it's happened. In 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 society. Uh, the the Hindu influence on New Age, where we're we're chasing the spirituality, mm-hmm. and and you know we we degrade physical. Yeah, yeah, we degrade our bodies that that way, and so. Those are two. Then we go to the Arians, which Arius was the inspiration for two of our three ecumenical creeds, the Nicene Creed today, yep, Mm -hmm. which is the Jehovah Witness cult, Jehovah's Witness, and Mormons are Mm -hmm. the the inheritors of Arianism. Absolutely, yep. Uh, And so Jesus is a created being, but not God. And adoptionism is really kind of the end result. Mormonism is the end result of adoptionism, which is again an old ancient heresy. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then you have the Eunomians, which is extreme Arianism. The one true God created the Son, who in turn created the Holy Spirit to sanctify souls. And so you have a twice created God Mm -hmm. uh, rather than a divine, eternal God of three persons in one God. And so how do these heresies exist today? Of course, we mentioned Jehovah's Witness and the whole idea that Jesus was a created being. Uh, Islam would say Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing. Adoptionism, where it's actually crept into the Christian church, is this little bracelet that a lot of people used to wear a couple of years ago. (laughs) That little WWJD, like what would Jesus do? The, The problem with that and the reason that that is a form, even if a minor one, of adoptionism is Jesus was the Messiah. And so you're asking the wrong question because we are not that. You're kind of making Jesus the first Christian by asking that question. Jesus can't be a Christian because Christians are saved by grace through faith alone. Mm-hmm. He's the savior of all. He is the source of all things. Mm-hmm. So the correct question is, what would Jesus have me do? Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds subtle, and it kind of sounds even a bit nitpicky. It's way less quite catchy, frankly, too. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's proper. And and I, I'm telling you, there was a, a time when I served a church where um, some of the leadership and some of the worship people were like, you need to have shorter, pithier uh, points to your thing, mm-hmm. but they were less thorough. And that drove me nuts. Yeah. And I'm going, you're just going to have to put up with my wordy points mm-hmm. because I'm just unwilling to be cute at right. the expense of being accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you sacrificing just I can't do it. to be popular? Yeah, or to I, be catchy? I didn't make a lot of friends there right away. It took time for them to kind of embrace mm-hmm. why I was so nitpicky on these things, because I think that the American church does that. They sell out being cute and being marketable and that consumeristic thing for being accurate and taking yep. the time well, to really flesh things, things, these things out. That too is a denial of the identity identity of God, because if you think we have to sell the gospel, oh. it's a denial of the efficacy of God's word and the sovereignty yeah. of God. Right. You know that restraint I talked about mm-hmm. in the previous episode? I'm, I'm <laughs> operating that right, right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's one other modern heresy that flows from these I want to yeah. get to, and it's, it's shown up in, in what's being referred to as the new apostolic reformation. It's yep. infiltrating Pentecostal mm-hmm. circles, and it's the idea of the anointing 
or the spirit of Christ separate from the person of Christ. Yep. And mm-hmm. so there's this teaching directly, and it sounds like a heresy directly because it is, mm-hmm. that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he left the anointing on the church, and the anointing enables all of us to be little sons of God as we unlock that power, and we have the creative power of God's word to declare on our lives. It's the name it and claim it philosophy. Mm-hmm. So at the risk of being a little controversial, here, I know. Here, um, we'll get into the. And isn't that just kind of the natural outcome of the Catholic view of the Pope and all of Ooh. those things? Well, I think the Catholics just would take it head on because the Pope is the vicar of Christ. He takes the role of Christ as the head of the Church. The uh, but re- that anointing. Do you understand the connection? I, I, yeah. There? Where you'd run into that, then you have the doctrine of ex cathedra, mm-hmm. where when the Pope speaks as Pope, his words are on par with Scripture. Mm-hmm. They're not Scripture. The words are on par with Scripture. Mm-hmm. And you run into all sorts of things in problems with that. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't th- – I, I think they're in parallel to each other. I mm-hmm. don't think it's the same heresy. No, but I'm just thinking that they're very close. Yeah, well, it's it, – in reality – the core of all heresies in some way, shape, or form is us replacing God with ourselves. Yeah, and that's some the Garden and, of Eden all over you know, again. It's, yeah. There's a reason Arius taught that Jesus was a, you know, a divine-like created being rather than God mm-hmm. because there's, you know, there's this whole chasing after Jesus, Jesus uh, as the example rather than as the Savior. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, to our shame— much of the error of the American church is centered there, that we don't talk about the divinity of Christ because we just want him to be our example, that we he gives us something to do. He gives us something. You, you, you talked about it mm-hmm. with the WWJD and adoptionism, yeah. uh, but it, it shows up in sermons like, here's eight biblical ways to have a stronger marriage or seven uh, biblical foundations for your finances. Uh, we want to be the ones doing something and to get to that point with scripture, we have to bring God down a couple levels because we can't be in the same room as the Trinity uh, and not just be completely obliterated by his holiness. That's Isaiah 6 is the lesson of that. Yeah. Woe is me. Yeah. I'm in the presence of God and I'm unholy. The response of coming face to face with God is, okay, God, give me something good to do so I can please you. Yeah. It's I'm a sinner, please don't smite me right yeah. now. And an, another heresy that would kind of fall in between what Arius was bringing about and what we would call orthodox Christianity is subordinationism, is that the Father is more uh, superior mm-hmm. than Jesus, and Jesus is more superior than the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. a lot of people blame Origen, an early church father named Origen, for that. And I, I think that he did a lot of, of writing on that, but to think that is against our creeds as well, because well, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are equal, co-equal in majesty and in power, mm-hmm. omnipotence, and omniscience. And, and what's so interesting and troubling about that is that the, the Pentecostal charismatic movement has completely inverted that, so where now the Holy Spirit is the primary yeah. focus of church ministry and the mm-hmm. Trinity. Yeah. All of this adds up to the what we need to consider when we consider the church's confession of the Trinity is that if you screw up the Trinity, <laughs> you are outside the pale of Christianity. Yeah, and right? I don't know today 
how many Christians in America would be ready to make that confession. Mm -hmm. The the first line, the opening line of the Athanasian Creed, whoever desires to be saved must above all hold the Catholic faith. And then it's the Trinity. Because I know that that was part of our ordination vow, all three of us, that we ascribe to these creeds and what they say. And you got to take that seriously. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, just thinking through what you are ascribing to and being able to Mm -hmm. articulate and dialogue at least coherently about these things. And I think that that, again, and I don't mean to just continue to take swipes on American Christianity, but I do believe there is a lethargy in this area. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lethargy, there's the addiction to ourselves, and it's really sobering to stop and think, do I believe that those who do not confess the Trinity are outside the boundaries of Christianity? And there's a modern movement, and there, it has been for at least a decade, maybe two decades now, of reconciling evangelical Christianity with Mormonism. And, and I, would, I would be willing to bet that right now a majority of people and American Christian churches believe that Mormons are just another Christian denomination. I think there's a lot of people mm. that believe that. Mm. Yep. You know, they look like Christians, they talk like Christians, uh, and, and, and this is a problem because if any part of the Trinity goes, our salvation goes with it. Mm. That's that's the confession of Scripture. Uh, if we lose the holiness and providence of God the Father, if we lose the divinity and the humanity of God the Son, mm-hmm. and if we lose the ministry of the Holy Spirit— any part of that goes, yeah. we cannot be saved. We're yeah. not really worshiping the God of the Bible. No, nope. mm-hmm. we've created a new God for ourselves. It's, it's, we've fallen into the same error mm-hmm. as Aaron at Mount Sinai and as Jeroboam the first in setting up the worship centers at Dan and Bethel mm-hmm. is we've created an image and says, this is the God who did all this for you. And except there's no correlation between those golden calves and the actual mm-hmm. identity of God. So mm-hmm. I know we're kind of kicking against the end of our time, but I think this is a good question. Um, how do we address this with other brothers, sisters in Christ? How do we deal with people who, who wouldn't agree with what you just said? It's like, I don't need to believe in that exactly. I just, I believe in, in God and that Christ is my Lord and Savior. How, how would we effectively and lovingly deal with someone like that? I think it takes a conversation. There, there's not a trump card that we can play. But it's, it's gently and, and pastorally, from mm-hmm. our perspective, sitting down and explaining to them, okay, yeah. tell me what you believe. And either it's you actually believe the same thing as me, you're just not stating it in explicit terms, yeah. or you believe this, this is what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. They don't line up with each other. And again, in these areas, the first thing that evaporates isn't our concept of God. It isn't anything but our salvation. Mm-hmm. If, if we lose the Trinity, salvation goes with it. Yeah. And, and that should be troubling to enough people to at least be willing to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree, yeah. Brett. Yeah, I do. No, yep, I think I, it's, it's really mm-hmm. important. Um, I had a friend where I had a similar conversation, but uh, don't need to get into yeah. that. Yep. Um, but with that, great, mm-hmm. great job. We have to speak the truth in love. Yeah, but that love, boy, has to be saturated in that conversation. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 is one of my favorite veiled Trinitarian references. Um, It says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. Amen. Thank you for joining us. 
Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please tune in next week as we look at an Old Testament passage that reveals, in a veiled sense, the triune God of creation. God bless you and have a great week.